Welcome in another episode of the Fantasy Monsters. Caleb is here as your host. We got some footballs to chat about. Today we got some news. I also wanted to throw out some of my surprises um, from this past fantasy season. Uh, not going into a ton of detail. I mean, there's there's been a ton of surprises, but just some of the ones that really stood out um, from where I had them ranked to where they kind of finished on the season. So I'm going to have my surprise top 12 and then my surprise outside the top 12. So people that I, I really thought would have been inside that top 12 that didn't even get close and how disappointed I was made me feel real stupid people, but no worries. Let's jump into some news. All right. Doug Peterson has been, uh, officially the new head coach signed as the new head coach of Jacksonville. Um, not a, not a bad move. I mean, he is a former Super Bowl, uh, you know, champion coach, you know, he ended up winning with Nick Foles of all people. And so I, I do think he's going to be able to bring some experience and a level and expectation that urban Meyer just was never going to be able to bring to Jacksonville. I do know that, um, when the news broke, Trevor Lawrence went to Twitter as every athlete freaking does nowadays and just showed his appreciation and excitement, um, for this coaching hire. So I think he's completely on board. You know, I think, Jacksonville going into next season. I don't think it's going to be like this, you know, one season, you know, kind of how Cincinnati's done, but I do think with the right head coach make some good moves this off season, um, have another solid draft. You got some top end picks in the draft. Um, I, I think this team can make, um, a, a fairly quick turnaround. I don't think it'll happen next year, but maybe the year after, but I think there's going to be strides this coming season um, with, with Jacksonville and especially Trevor Lawrence going into year two. So I, I am intrigued to see what Jacksonville is going to be doing this off season. So I will be monitoring them very closely um, just because I want to, I want to see them succeed. I was a big Trevor Lawrence fan. Um, he's an amazing quarterback. He was absolutely incredible at Clemson. Um, I think he has so much talent, just not a lot around him to be able to support him. So most of us supporting cast are two running backs. So, it's not going to win you games. Uh, just ask Derrick Henry and the Titans. Um, Bill Belichick, this, all this crap. So Brian Flores, obviously, uh, you know, put in a lawsuit um, against the NFL, basically calling out some teams for, for racial issues. And uh, Bill Belichick, once again in the media for, you know, messing something up. Um, just again, just not being able to as smart as Bill Belichick is, he makes a lot of dumb decisions. So I don't understand how you accidentally text the wrong person. Congratulations uh, for getting a job. Like, I, I just don't see how that happens. So very disappointing. And I mean, is, is anything going to come of this? I, I, I hate to say it. I, I doubt it. You know, like should something heck yes. Like th- this isn't anything new. Okay. We we've known this is how this has been in the NFL. Let's just look at the coaches that have been hired or look at the GMs that have been hired or even look at the ownerships. They all, you know, they're all white. So it is ridiculous. I mean, if, if this wasn't an issue, Eric Bieniemy would already have had a job five years ago. You know, Brian Flores would still be, you know, 
at the helm in Miami, you know, we would not have these, these issues, you know, it, it wouldn't be, an, it wouldn't be a problem. So I think it is very frustrating, um, not only for Brian Flores, who is an excellent coach. I think he deserves a job, uh, no doubt about it. Um, he still is apparently in the running for the job in Houston, which I, I really don't want that to happen just cause I've, I've seen, you know, David Coley wasn't on, you know, successful down there and the ownership down there is, I mean, he can't get any more of an issue. Houston's already had racial issues. I don't know why a black coach would then want to go to, to Houston. So, um, especially after this lawsuit, but, uh, I think even some of the bigger stuff out of this as well is just not even the fact that we know that there's a racial issue in the NFL, but now it is definitely coming more to light that there's a tanking issue in the NFL. As Brian Flores has also came out and said that the ownership down in Miami, specifically Stephen Ross offered Brian Flores a hundred grand a game to lose. That way they can get higher draft stock. And apparently because he ended up not doing that was able to break the relationship between him and the front office. So not good, not good at all. And, 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 and are we surprised? Not necessarily. We're really not surprised, but the fact that this is happening, I mean, we're talking about like, dude, if this, if this all really starts to crumble, these owners are going to be pissed and I don't blame them because like you're, you're ruining the integrity of football by tanking a season. You just are. Now, if you happen to lose, that's fine. But you should not. No player ever is going to sit there and say, you know what? I'm just going to go play this game. I'm not going to play hard because I want to lose. No one ever would say that. It doesn't matter if you're on the worst team or the best team. It doesn't matter. But specifically, when we are looking at that Miami team, I remember because, you know, they traded away Mika Fitzpatrick, um, you know, Laramie Tunsil, all of all of these different kinds of pieces that they were moving, trying to basically start losing. And he came in and they were winning. They started winning games. They actually kind of got better as the season went on. And that's when they were able to draft Tua at the seventh position, which maybe they did or did not want. Who knows? But this is sad. Very, very sad. I really hope that this gets resolved quickly because, you know, this is a sport that I do enjoy. And just as the years keep progressing, just things, more and more things just keep happening to, to just piss me off. So um, if this continues, I don't know how much longer the NFL is going to keep having fans. I mean, seriously, like they're not, no one's going to give a, two craps about the NFL if the, this stuff like this continues. Last but not least, let's chat about the elephant in the room as well. All this Aaron Rodgers news. All right, let's let's do two things. One, Aaron Rodgers is not a stupid person. He's actually highly intelligent. If you did not know that he actually scored a 13-10 on his SAT going before college, he was actually going to quit football because he was not highly recruited. He, you know, he didn't have a lot of offers. In fact, he had to go to a JUCO school for a year before transferring to Cal. He was actually going to quit football and become a lawyer. So just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to show how intelligent Aaron Rodgers actually is. He's very manipulative in the media. He does things with a purpose and an intention. Therefore, he's not going to Tennessee. Okay. I do not care that he is apparently building a house in Tennessee. If you look at that roster and the construction of that whole entire team 
and you look at the coaches in the front office, there is no freaking reason why Aaron Rodgers should go to Tennessee. None whatsoever. So let's stop this. Okay. I, I mean, he's, he has two houses in California. He used to have a house in green Bay. He, he has multiple properties all over the United States because he does have companies outside of the NFL that he owns. Okay. Let's take a chill pill. All right. This does not mean that he is trying to go to Tennessee. Has he, is he open? Probably he's open to getting the heck out of green Bay guys. He'll go anywhere at this point, but it has been very well documented that he loves California. His wife also lives in or his wife. Sorry. His fiance also happens to live in California. Again, he has two houses in California. He's from California. I mean, he's never lived anywhere else outside of California, except when he moved to Oregon when he was young. And then guess what? Moved back to California. There's no reason why he would want to go to Tennessee. None. Yes, you got Derrick Henry, you got A.J. Brown, you got some talent there, but they run the ball more than any team in the league. Why the heck would Aaron Rodgers want to go to Tennessee? He would have way more fun. I've said it before. I think Denver is a very viable option is where I'm going to continue to stick my flag with Nathaniel Hackett there. There is still a lot of pieces in the offense. They've got an upcoming running back in Javonta Williams. That is absolutely incredible. You've got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. You've got a lot of, you got a decent offensive line. You got a pretty solid defense. That's only going to get better next year. And with some pieces added in the off season, I do not see a reason why you would want to bypass Denver. I just don't. Okay. I, I really, I mean, Denver literally doesn't have a quarterback. Tennessee has Ryan Tannehill. Now, would Tennessee say no to Aaron Rodgers coming there? Probably not. But you still have Ryan Tannehill, and what he did in the playoffs was garbage, but what he did throughout the season was all right. But again, you don't need Aaron Rodgers in that offense. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to be in that offense. Derrick Henry is going to run the ball 30 times a game. Doesn't matter. Done deal. I just don't see, I don't see anything. There's no connections there. I mean, other than Nashville is a great city. All right. I'm not knocking Nashville. Nashville is an excellent city. I've got family that lives in Nashville. I love going to Nashville. Aaron Rodgers will not be in a Titans uniform next year. Now I will eat some crow if that does happen, but I just can't see I can't see any reason why he would want to make that decision. Let me know your guys' thoughts. Is Where do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to go? Again, I'm planting my flag in Denver. Um, I would love to see him go to San Francisco, but he's not. I mean, with them drafting Trey Lance, that's kind of out the window. As he has made it very clear, he wants to go to the 49ers. He's wanted to go to the 49ers ever since he's been drafted. He grew up watching the 49ers and supporting them. He wants to be in a 49ers uniform. I just don't see it happening with Trey Lance unless they trade Trey Lance over to Green Bay to get Aaron Rodgers. Hey, why not? Or maybe even Jimmy G. Who knows? Let's make it happen. So those are, you know, it, it's still a possibility. I just don't see it happening. But Denver is a real possibility to me because I do think that if Green Bay is going to trade him, he's going to go to an AFC team. That simple. Let me know your guys' thoughts. Let's go ahead and jump into uh, my surprises. All right. These surprise top 12s. Got a few guys we want to definitely chat about. All right. Let's go ahead and we're going to jump in. I'm just going to, this is the only tight end I'm going to talk about. I didn't really have any surprises outside the top, the top, or the top 12. You know, at the tight end position, tight ends are just so difficult all the time. 
all right, to really kind of understand who's going to be where and, and why. But I definitely feel like there was a surprise to me inside the top 12 for sure. That was Dalton Schultz. Holy crap, did this dude come out of nowhere? I didn't see it. No one saw it. And if you'd say you'd saw it, then congrats, but I doubt it. I mean, this dude was absolutely a beast this year. He ended up finishing the tight end three. He had eight touchdowns on the year, tied for fifth most. Sixth in receiving with 808. Guys, he had, he had 104 targets this year on 78 receptions. Like, wow. I mean, that's a jump from, I mean, I mean, not a huge jump, but it's a jump from 2020 where he had 89. He only played in 14, or uh, he only uh, started 14 out of 16 games, but still. He played one more game this year, obviously, than last year, but he made the most of it. He doubled his touchdown totals. This dude was a monster for Dallas. One of the few consistent pieces at the tight end position that they've had as they've not had one since Jason Witten. Therefore, congrats, Dalton, for being a monster this year. Continue it. He will be probably in my top 12 next year for sure because I, <laughs> he, he has to be. I mean, these fluctuate so often, but man, what a season Dalton Schultz had. So congrats to him for, uh, for making that number one position. Um, Debo wide receivers. I mean, do, do we, uh, I mean, what, what do we not want to talk about with Debo? <laughs> I mean, Debo season this year, obviously he was hurt last year. Um, you know, just a little, little disappointing, but again, six touchdowns on the year, 1400 yards, which was awesome. 121 targets, 77 receptions. And that's just in the receiving game, guys. He had 365 on the ground. He had eight touchdowns on the ground. He was awesome. I mean, absolutely. This is, this is the Debo we knew that was going to happen. I'm just glad it did. Now, the thing was, I, I did not expect him to be where he was. I mean, he basically finished, you know, on the, he was a tight end or the wide receiver three this year. Um, and PPR formats, if I'm not mistaken, or he, he might have been wide receiver too. Um, doesn't matter. He was up there, top, top, top three for sure. But his season was just in freaking sane. He was not the reason that they lost in the playoffs. He did everything he could to win that game. But just watching Debo this year, he looked very comfortable. They figured out how to utilize him as a running back, which I didn't even think that what he was going to be able to do at his size. But six foot 215 just dominating over the course of this whole entire year I mean he had one game I love this first game of the season Detroit nine receptions 189 and a touchdown 189 and a touchdown he had a game later in the season nine receptions 159 against Tennessee I just 171 off six against Chicago I mean this dude just had games where he would go off Seattle week four Eight receptions, 156 and two. This dude was a monster, an absolute beast. He won you games. Guess what he didn't do? He didn't lose you many. He had one bus game against Cincinnati. Not a great game against Arizona, but still caught five out of nine for 63. But he, I mean, he was just good all year long to a guy that was not good all year long. 
to talk Tyler Lockett. Finishing outside the top 12, very disappointing season. In fact, he, he finished behind DK Metcalf, which I did not anticipating happening. I don't know what this uh, connection or miss disconnect thing that took place in the Seattle offense this year, but he came out at the beginning of the year and we were like, dude, Tyler Lockett's going to be a beast this season. Four receptions, hundred yards, two touchdowns, Tennessee, eight receptions, 178 yards, one touchdown. And then he goes on for four receptions, 31 yards, four receptions, 24 yards, five receptions, 57, two receptions, 35, two receptions, 12. Then we had a huge game week eight against Jacksonville, then back down. Like, I don't know what this season was from Tyler Lockett, but it was extremely disappointing. As you know, you bought him pretty high in your draft. In fact, I know James was a huge fan of Tyler Lockett. He always is. But what a disappointment this season. It's going to be really hard to rank him next season because you're going off of what he did last year, which was excellent. This year, just kind of garbage. I mean, he still had eight eight touchdowns on the season. He had over 1,000 yards. He still saw over 100 targets. 73 receptions, just not good. It's just not. I mean, the extra game definitely helps when you look at the padded stats from 2020, but... He did have 10 touchdowns last year to his eight this year. He had a lot more targets, 132 targets last year to 107. And this is where it killed him. He had hundred receptions last year. He had 73 this year, almost 30 less than he did a season ago. So if you're playing in that PPR format, that's where he killed you guys. Back to another surprise. Mike Williams. What the heck? So we, we know Mike Williams, when he came out of Clemson, he was drafted in the first round, right? We knew that Mike Williams was going to be this beast. And he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't for many years. He was pretty, pretty bad for, for majority of them. Um, 2018, just, just not great. 2019, again, 90 targets, 49 receptions, not great. He was 1,000 yards. Um, I will say 2018, he did have 10 touchdowns, which was, which was awesome, but, uh, he only had 43 receptions, um, 2020 just again, 85 targets, 48 receptions in 2021, 129 targets, 76 receptions over a thousand, 1100 yards, actually 1146 and then nine touchdowns. This dude actually for majority of the season was ranked as the number one wide receiver or Cooper cup just continued to never stop. Mike Williams was it. He did slow down later in the year, but this guy, I mean, cause he had some bust games. This, he was almost boomer bust this year for sure, but he has some really, really solid games. And I was kind of shocked because what kind of happened to Keenan Allen a little bit, you know, Keenan Allen still finished in the top 12, but like Mike Williams to me had some games where he was way more efficient, way more efficient. Obviously had a bad game against the the Raiders in, in week four, Baltimore, New England, weeks six and eight. And he kind of had a little skid there against Miami or uh, Minnesota and Philly as well. But he definitely won you games. He kind of almost was like uh, when Tyreek Hill kind of came in the league, he was either going to win you a game or lose you a game. That's where Mike Williams was. But he did finish in the top 12 this year and congratulations to him. I He still won't be in my top 12 next year. <laughs> I'm going to say that right now though. He definitely will not be in my top 10 or my top 12. Um, going off to another guy that was kind of disappointing to see this year, just kind of falter 
who was definitely in my top 12, was Terry McLaurin. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Washington looked pretty garbage most of this year, but I mean, he finished wide receiver 25 wide receiver 25. Ugh. I mean, he still had over a thousand yards this year. He saw 130 targets, which was excellent. He only found the end zone five times, which is still a step up from 2020, but he had 77 receptions and when you really just kind of go through the games, he had one, two, three, four. He had four games this year over 20 points. He had two, three. He even had a goose. He had eight games. Ten, let's do 10 games where he scored 10 points or less. So 10 out of your 17 games or 16 that you would have played for fantasy, he scored you 10 points or less. This is not good. So it's very disappointing. I mean, they need to figure out their quarterback position, obviously, with Taylor Heineke out there. It's not who I would want to have moving forward. Maybe the new Washington commanders will command the football field a little bit more this year, and he'll be better next year and whatever. But Terry McLaurin, very disappointing to see as I'm a big Terry McLaurin fan. Uh, Moving over to running backs. Um, not going to lie here. Okay. Both of these guys that finished in the, uh, in the top 12 shocked the heck out of me. Leonard Fournette and Cordell Patterson. I did not see either of these guys. Don't get me wrong. Leonard Fournette. He did have a really good postseason, So I'm like, ah, he, you know, I had him close to my top 12. I think I had him ranked 14. So it's not like it was like 25 or something crazy, but he finished at the RB six. He finished RB six on the season. He had some amazing games. Absolutely incredible. 81 rushing yards, two touchdowns um, against Philly and still caught six out of six targets for 46 yards in that game. Huge. Um, 44 points here again against Indy. 100 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. Still caught seven out of eight for 31 and another touchdown. Scored four touchdowns against Indy. That was a bad game for Indy. When you looked at over the course of his season, he got you He got you five games over 20 points, couple games, one over 40, one over 30, and really didn't score. He maybe looks like twice he scored under 10. I mean, he had an amazing season. In fact, I know in our, <laughs> in our listener league, a lot of people are like trying to trade him high. And, and even myself, I'm sitting here like, ah, can it be? Nah, I could. He had a good season, guys. Cordell Patterson, same thing. Finished the RB nine on the season. A lot of his is because he was basically getting an insane amount of receiving work. He saw 69 targets, 52 receptions, five touchdowns, had four on the ground for another 618 yards. Um, I mean, just again, he just really solid season. It, it, it shocked me because I looked at Atlanta and was like riding that whole entire team off this year outside of maybe Kyle Pitts, but <laughs> like there's no run game. Cordell Patterson made it work. He did. Now he made a lot of it work in the air, but it's still, he made it work. And so congratulations on him. Uh, Another one I wanted to shout out. James Conner finished RB five. It's all because of his touchdowns, man, guys, 15 touchdowns on the ground, three in the air, 18 on the season. He had a 752, 375 in the air. He's the only thing in Arizona to me that was making a lot of sense. um, That was working. 
I mean, once Hopkins went down, they, they really shifted to the run game and he just kept getting games where he had two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, five games on the year where he had two touchdowns. He only had one, two, three, four, five games guys where he didn't actually score a touchdown. So more often than not, he scored. I mean, just excellent efficiency on this season. Um, one guy I want to throw out that was just very disappointing. Saquon Barkley. I know he didn't play a full season this year. I get it, but still finishing at the RB 30. And then even then guys on his points per game basis, he finished 34th. You drafted him in the first round. That is unacceptable. Don't get me wrong. This whole entire team needs to be revamped, but he one needs to stay healthy. And two, he needs to be way more efficient. 3.7 on the ground's not bad, but he scored two touchdowns on the season. Two. He scored twice, two in the air. So four altogether, that's just not going to cut it. Um, especially for Saquon Barkley, as talented as he is. Um, two guys left. Want to chat quarterbacks. One that I want to give a shout out to that, you know, and he's even in the Super Bowl guys, Joe Burrow. This dude's just been electric all year. Um, the reason I kind of had him wrote off this season was just because his offensive line and his offensive line still wasn't good. But as often as he got hit, he still made some big time throws. Um, he ended up finishing the quarterback eight on the year, 34 touchdowns to 14 interceptions, which was just a very, very good ratio. 108 as far as his quarterback rating, just again, solid, solid, solid year, two touchdowns on the ground. Still ran. Keep in mind 40 times for 118 yards, not too shabby. I usually try to say any quarterback that's going to get you around 200 is worth having on your team. Cause that's just added yards that you're going to get. That's that's 20 more points. You know, I mean, just do it. That's, that's excellent. Um, but looking at his games, his games, I mean, he did have some bad games where he threw a couple interceptions and no touchdowns, but more often than not, I mean, especially at the end of the year, he was just killing it. So congratulations to Joe Burrow. And it, it's going to be a very intriguing and fun Super Bowl to watch, um, especially against this Rams defense. But one guy I just want to throw out again, because um, we talked about his wide receiver earlier, that was just really freaking disappointing this year was Russell Wilson. I don't even understand how this dude made the pro bowl. Um, and he did pretty well at the pro bowl. It seems, but I don't understand what he was doing there. Finished quarterback 16 on the year, uh, you know, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions, not a bad, bad ratio there, but that's coming off of 40 touchdowns the year before 31, 35, 34. That's his past, you know, four years before he threw only 25 on the season. I mean, he only threw for barely over 3000 yards, which he's closer, usually closer to 4,000, uh, especially with the wide receivers that you have on this roster. That really shouldn't be happening. I mean, he had disappearing acts all season. He did a, about a three game slide here against the Rams, green Bay and Arizona. Didn't even score 10 points. Then he did it again against the Rams later that year where he didn't even score four I mean, just dis a very disappointing season. I know Russell Wilson is talking about wanting to get out of Seattle. Will it happen? Who knows? I don't know if maybe he just didn't want to play. I don't know what it was, but just what a disappointing season. That's it, guys. Those are some of my shockers for this year. Keep in mind, check out Great Wave Recording. Josh Dittner is going to be able to hook you guys up with some amazing music if you are an artist or a soloist. Also, check out uh, Generate Health at www.generatehealthstl.org. You can see what they are up to um, coming into this year, into the soon-to-be spring as it snowed here in St. Louis, so that kind of blows and it's freaking cold. 
Um, but check out Generate Health where you can do some donations um, on the behalf of the Fantasy Monsters podcast. You can also become an ambassador or you can join them and get their newsletters. Um, so just definitely check out their website and see what Generate Health is up to. Um, but as always, guys, I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me on a Friday. Um, I will catch you next week. So thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Monsters. Have a good one. You can hold me back. Yeah, I'm coming for you. I'm not heated on you. No, I'm just telling you the facts. Oh, these chains can keep me down. Yeah. I can be rude, in the mood. I can be rotten. I can be cool, man, I can fool, but never forgotten. Creeping in the dark, waiting for you. Yeah, I feel like a monster. And I'm just in a monster.